already. Are we on? Are we're, we done? Are we working? We're, we're on. We're working. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, welcome, everybody, to the very first episode of Be More Savvy's official podcast, Throne Bricks. Mm-hmm. I am one of your hosts, Alex Medeus, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Nicole. <laughs> Hi. You guys all know her. She is the brains behind this operation. I'm just the pretty face that you're never going to see. An absolutely great face. Aww. <laughs> all right. So what are we talking about today? So... We are going to talk about, Alex is in charge, I mean, like, he's the one that's in charge of all these topics, but he came up with one of the best ones. You know, we we live in a city where we can see, we see all types of stuff, plus we work at a bank, we see all the things that you can, like, absolutely, you'll never be able to imagine with, when it comes down to socials and um, credit and banking, all this stuff, so, I mean, it's... <laughs> the amount of people that steal their parents' social security numbers. I mean, how do you steal your kid's stuff but you know and by the time they you know anyway believe it or not our topic today is stealing from your children now it's not an exact science you can obviously take your kids allowance but that's kind of just putting money in back in your own pocket what we're talking about today is the structures of how to build wealth now the reason for that is we've gotten a lot of questions i myself had a lot of questions about where to start like what does it mean to be wealthy where am i in relation to where i want to be like obviously i'd love to have the house that i want i'd love to have the car and i don't really care about cars that much but i care about cars i care about cars okay you care about cars i care more about wine i'm I'm very much enjoying this wine i would like to have a cellar one day that sounds good me too yeah like make it out of mahogany cedar however you like Mm -hmm. but back to it what we are going to do today is we are going to walk with you through what's considered wealthy and where should you guys start now you can be 35 65 you can be 12 as long as you're listening to this you're taking the right step now let's talk about real quick before we go into all that good stuff be more savvy why are why is be more savvy talking about stealing from your children so be more savvy is um, something that i created here in baltimore city um, but it's it's catching traction everywhere Um, i mean so many people are reaching out to me not just in baltimore but outside of baltimore across the united states about how to be more savvy about their finances So the goal is to inspire, educate, and motivate youth and people to be more savvy about how they bank and why they bank. When you go into that room, you should already know X, Y, and Z. And if you don't, you're doing yourself um, a a favor of allowing someone else to take control of your life. Now, not really a favor in a positive way. So the why behind Be More Savvy, most importantly, is to break generational curses because your mom and dad did it because your auntie did it because your cousin did it because your mom and dad said don't go get that credit card we are going to break those generational curses number one episode one stealing from your children so what that means is before you're even you're even like 21 do you even know your social are you taking the right steps this whole thing is about what are you doing right now that's going to benefit you 20 30 years down the line that's where stealing from your children comes from that's making sure that you're taking the right steps you can support yourself and you know eventually have a kid or two eventually i haven't gotten there yet but you're already halfway there to having two kids i have one only one (laughs) i still have a stomach like a second one but i promise you i'll get the hell out of here All right, before we get started, what I'd love to do is recognize our sources. We have three articles that Nicole and I pulled from today. The first one is called The Definition of Wealth, What It Really Means to Be Wealthy by uh, author last name Elliot, written in 2018. Second source is actually from the 2018 Modern Wealth Index, coming from Charles Schwab, which was published last year, 2018. 
And the final piece that we are going to be pulling from is the wealth inequality in the United States, which is actually a very helpful infographic from inequality.org. I highly recommend that you all take a look. It's extremely eye-opening, especially if you're here in a city like Baltimore, mm -hmm. like New York City, like Los Angeles, because mm -hmm. you can really figure out where you are and what's been going on around you. Right. And so we're going to discuss exactly, put yourself into a very blank area, a blank slate. Completely restart. Just pretend like you're dumb because both of us are. Yep. And pretend like you never even heard of the word dollar. We have to first find out what is wealth. Not what is being rich, what is wealth. And uh, I think that that's entirely subjective. So wealth can be uh, material possessions, it can mm -hmm. be your car, it can be your mahogany covered wine cellar that you've mm -hmm. got in your basement along with your two mistresses. It can be cash that you've hoarded in the bank. It can be having $400,000 sitting in cash and that's what makes you feel comfortable. It can also be having $20 in the stock market. Mm -hmm. What wealth is, is really defined by how you think about it. Right. It's entirely subjective. You know, it's funny. I was talking to someone yesterday and um, I told them, it's so funny. Listen to this. Why did the Titanic sink? Fucking iceberg? Then iceberg. So it's funny. The iceberg was at the top, and that's what they panicked about. But do you know the real reason why the Titanic sank? It scraped the underside, right? I'm just putting two together. Actually, here. no. Oh my God! It did not. So think about this: you, when you're rich, you see the iceberg from an eye level. But wealth, what really tunk, uh, sunk sunk the Titanic, was the water and how big the iceberg was under the water. It was five times the size of what they saw with their eyes because the water froze and the iceberg, it was like big body under the water. That is wealth. Wealth is really what you do not see. All right, so that's pretty much what we consider wealth to be. It's, it's subjective, it's peace of mind. It's knowing you can provide for yourself, it's knowing you can get what you want, and it's knowing that you would be able to provide, hopefully, for a family in the future, if that is your interest. Now, and, and even if it's not your interest, don't you want wealth for yourself? Yeah, don't you wanna, I want wealth for myself. I don't want to be rich, I want to be wealthy. I want to be rich, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I want to be wealthy. All right, so what we got going on now, now, the Elliot that I mentioned in the definition of wealth, her name is Candace Elliot, incredible writer. So, Miss Elliot, in her article, The Definition of Wealth, What It Means to Be Wealthy, spells out what you need to have in order to be considered wealthy here in the United States. Now, based on the wealth index from Charles Schwab in 2018, to be in the top 1%, you would need to make an average of... Roughly three, well, not roughly, this is an exact number, $389,436 a year pre-tax. Now, I did a little bit of math. 300000 that sounds great. That sounds like a very even number. But what that means boiled down is that you would need to make $182.23 every hour that you're working. Do you make $182.23? <laughs> I absolutely do not. Do I know people who make $182.23 an hour? I hope you don't. I really don't. Oh my God, that would be so depressing. But $182 an hour, like I can't even fathom what that paycheck must look like at the an end. An hour? Like, that and that's assuming that you're working 40 hours a that week. It kind of makes me feel bad. Yeah, but... I, 
So I'm person, working 40 hours a week. We're, both of us, we're punching clocks, and we're not making anywhere close to $182. That's assuming that the people that are making these numbers work 40 hours a week. So technically, if we want to be technical, if you work at a coffee shop, if you work at um, an ice cream shop, if you work at a bank, if you work at a news station, if you're not making $182.23 an hour, we'll never be wealthy. We're never going to be wealthy. And now, that's just to be wealthy. That's just to be in the top 1%. Now, comfortable. Comfortable is the data that they had gathered in the Charles Schwab Wealth Index to figure out what you need to be peace of mind, what you need in order to have coverage for medical emergencies, like what realistically a nest egg looks like that can be sufficient to support you in case something were to happen. Okay. In order to be comfortable in the year 2018 in the United States, you would need to have a net worth of $1.4 million. And a net worth, that is the money that is goes back to wealth. Yep. That you don't know. Those investments, the stocks, the bonds, the, the annuities. The houses, the cars. The, the assets, all of that good stuff. And if we're just talking, like we said, stealing from your children, how do you even get from being having your social stolen as a child because your mom and your or your dad used your social to becoming wealthy? Now we have a gap. There's a huge gap, and that's not even the biggest gap. So that's to be comfortable. $1.4 million is what you need to be considered comfortable here in the United States. That's cuckoo. <laughs> to be, I mean, to but, be, but yeah, but to be wealthy. But I do want to be wealthy. It's yeah. cuckoo, but I want to be wealthy. But that doubles. To be wealthy in the United States, you need to have $2.4 million in everything. That is that is what we consider to and be now, like, And now I know if you're listening to this, you're sitting there thinking just like me, because my hands are on my hips. I'm thinking... I don't even have fifty thousand dollars. I don't even in have assets. five thousand dollars in assets. And assets, meaning something that I could cash out. <laughs> I can go in the bank and say, "Hey, just give me." So that means we are all not on pace to be wealthy, but that doesn't mean we can't be. It's about planting the seed. Now that we know this. We're gonna go more into about being wealthy. We wanna get those juices flowing, your mind knowing that you have the ability to be inspired, to be educated and motivated to be wealthy, but we have to start breaking those generational curses. Okay, so let's go more about being wealthy. So, Well, first thing that I wanna ask for everybody listening and even for you, Nicole, like, are you comfortable where you are? No. From those numbers, like, no. do you feel? No. Are you happy with the track that you're on? No. Are you happy with your job? Do you think that they no. are valuing No. The answer is no. No, 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 no. So what do we do about it? We, How do we break this down? That's good. That's a good question. Uh, do you have an answer? I don't have an answer. All right. <laughs> I do. Well, I don't have an answer. I've got Okay, numbers. I do have an answer. Numbers numbers are numbers of what I got, but you go with your okay, answer first. Okay, here's my answer. What? But be more savvy. I'm educated. I mean, you're educated. We both got education, but I'm pretty sure like you and I we paid for our education. So now we're actually, let's if you're being technical, don't we start off in debt because we're paying for our education to become wealthy? Yeah. So it's kind of backwards. We so the only, we do. I mean, I have over, you know, I'm pretty sure like anyone else, thousands and thousands of student loans debt and student loan debt. And I hate numbers like that, but that means that I'm negative in order to become positive. How do I become positive? He asked me what was the answer to that? Me personally, you start your own business. That's true. Starting your own business is great. We're going to cover that in a later episode. I know that you and I both are because we're both trying. We're both following that journey right mm -hmm. now. What I have posed, and I'm a numbers guy, everyone. I am going to bombard you with this stuff occasionally. Little thought experiment. What would be worth more to you? Would you rather receive $100,000 today? Or if someone offered, would you rather them give you one penny today and double that for the next 30 days? 
Now, they gave you one painting today and double that for the next 30 days. What does that equate to? That's what I want to talk to you about, and that's the whole definition of wealth. So, if you took, instead of getting that payout immediately, instead of getting those benefits, instead of just looking at this and saying, this is the best I can get, if you doubled that penny over 30 days, you would have $10,737,418.24. All right, so, you asked me which one do I want. Yeah. I'll take the $100,000 today. Even, where? Yep. Really? Yep. Shit. I'm taking a risk. Why? Because I am going to find a way to triple that now the one so is it ten million seven thirty seven four hundred eighteen thousand yeah so I even mean, if you triple that that's a the, all right never mind i made the wrong mistake yeah See? it's 107 times greater all right, than all right. if you just took all but, right but that's the whole issue and that's i think so it, we need to know the difference we need to know the difference we need to understand <sighs> where everything is leading because that's 107 times greater than a hundred thousand dollars if you just took one penny and doubled that over 30 days which seems long it seems tedious and that, I feel, is an issue. Like, if someone hands me a, a job offer and says, like, hey, you can make $50,000 a year. You're, yeah. you're so excited. That's the initial. But that's all you'll ever be able that's to make. That's all you'll ever get to make. So um, what is our plan to get there? Well, before we get started with anything that we're going to talk about, I want everyone out there to just think about what wealth means to you. We talked about... It can be money, it can be investments, it can be Assets, friends, it homes. can be whatever you want. But I want everyone out there just to take a moment and think, what does being wealthy mean Don't to think you? about what your mom and dad told you. Don't think about what auntie told you. Don't think about what your cousin or the person at the bank or the grocery store told you what wealth is or what being rich is. Change your mindset starting today. What does wealth means to you and how are you going to become wealthy? Don't listen, don't ask other people, think about your own definition of wealth based off the information we told you, because now is the time that we teach you how to break those generational, generational curses to be and become wealthy. I love that generational curses thing. <laughs> All right, now, you guys have that idea in your head. Do me a favor, hold on to that. We are going to be going through some stuff, but just keep that in the back of your head, what it means to be wealthy. And what we're going to talk about next is something that's very near and dear to the both of us. Yep. What the fuck do we need a bank for? Why? Why do I have a debit card? Why? Why do I have a credit card? For Why? fuck's sake, I'm in student debt and Why? I have to build my credit. So why are we doing this to ourselves? First off, if you get mugged with $500 in cash, that money's gone. 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 It's like someone burned it with a, with a, with a uh, lighter. Yeah. And you're never going to see it again. This is Baltimore. That happens pretty much every day. So... If you get mugged with $500 of cash, it's gone forever. Unless you're, what, it's, I think we've got a 28% clear rate for robberies here. Yeah. Yeah. And no one's going to find that. No one's going <laughs> to yeah. look for that. By the time they find it, it's already spent. Yeah. Now, um, what if they took your debit card? Mm, no liability, which means you are not liable if someone was to steal from you. Which means student, mom, dad, cousin, if someone was to steal your debit card, you can go to the bank and they will take full responsibility and say, hey, don't worry about that. We got your back. That's why it's important. That is important, but that's also not entirely true. Oh my gosh, here yeah. we go. This is actually something that I found out. So in doing the research and looking at the banks in the area, I actually found out that if you have your debit card stolen and you don't report any suspicious charges mm. within the first 24 hours, true. you are liable true. for up to $50 true. of what they took. So now, do you know why? 
So here's why. He's 1,000% right. So I was misquoted. So yes, you can go to the you bank. You were misquoted. You were, that's what I thought. That is so true. He's right. We're bankers and we the, didn't know this. I, you know what? I did know that. I just didn't say it correctly. He's right. The reason why you are not 100% protected if someone was to steal your debit card, because think about it like this. That's not the bank's money. They're not going to cry and give you your money back for something that you that happened to you. If they gave their money back to every person who had something stolen from their own checking account, the bank will lose profit. Absolutely. But if it was your credit card and loan mm -hmm. that they gave to you out of their own pocket, they're gonna cover themselves. A hundred percent. Because guess what? They want their money back. They want you to spend back what you borrowed from them. They're gonna protect you versus the credit card versus the debit card. Because your money versus their money, Profit means profit, and they're getting no profit in giving you your money back on that debit card. Exactly, and banks are a business, which I think is something we all need to focus on. But just to reiterate that point, if you lose your debit card, you are responsible for the first $50 that you lose. But if you happen to misplace your credit card and someone uses it, you're going to get every single dime. You'll get a new card in the mail. They want you to spend it quickly. You'll get your money back. They want you to spend it quickly. And they'll gain interest because you still got to pay that back and hold a balance. The banks know what they're doing. Bing, bang, boom. So that is one reason why it's good to have a bank. You protect yourself and you protect your money because strictly speaking in this society, you are how much you have. Yeah. You are every single nickel that's to your name. You're your apartment. You're your car. You're your clothes. You're your job. Yeah. And that reflects. Yes, definitely. So that's something that's really important. Now, consequently, because you are your finances, the financial habits that you're building today ultimately affect your health. They become the, the healthy habits that you yourself are building. And are you currently building a healthy habit right now? Today, this day, with the sun out, looking in the sky, can you honestly say as you're walking and listening that you're building a healthy habit? Or are you saying that you've built habits from what other people's perception of what money or wealth is? And that's where we all go back to. The first step is figuring out exactly what you're building for. now. If you all have been paying attention and have been listening very nicely to Nicole and I rant, you're going to still have in the back of your mind what exactly wealth means to you. So think about that. That's what you're building for, and that's why we take this first step towards finding a bank, towards building a bank account. Because without these, there's no way that you can start building financial habits Correct. in modern day. I mean, even just imagine, if you didn't have a bank account today, you can't use Uber, you can't use Bird, you can't get Uber Eats. Like, you are you so can't isolated. go online shopping, you can't Amazon Prime, you can't order your mom's birthday gift and have it shipped to her as a surprise. There's so many things you can't do. But remember, there's some control factor in that because your spending habits are now starting to be challenged because everything is online mm -hmm. and you may possibly spend more than you think you have because everything is at the tip of your hand. And we are going to get to that later once we talk about budgeting because that's okay. honestly something that I had a huge issue with too. But you and every American. Yeah, but we're here today to talk about how do you start. All right. Well, what are the first steps? So uh, step number one is okay. you got to be 17 years old. To start your bank account, you do have to be 17. Um, and it, it, different banks have different criteria, but you just want to make sure that you um, have access to online banking. That way you can always check your account online, no matter what bank you go to. Make sure you have an ID or a student ID. You have to prove who you are and make sure that you, um, you have that debit card, okay? Mm -hmm. now, 
this is all based around like, okay, so if you're not 17, if you're one of those 12 year olds that I had just talked about earlier in the show, please don't turn us off. This is still just as important to you because if you're listening today and you start doing what we're talking about, this applies just as much to you because you're, you're just sleeping on your future if you turn this off at your point. Mm -hmm. If you stop paying attention just because you're not 17, it means that the day that you turn 17 and you're not opening a bank account, that you're not taking these steps, you're already robbing yourself 20, 30 years down the line. Right. Now, Nicole, this one's for you. All right, I'm ready. How did you start? Okay, that's a good question. <laughs> I was forced into it. Um, Mom and dad did not teach me at all, none of this. I came from a great background. I'm very thankful for the way I was raised, but still, life is life, and mom and dad did not sit down and talk with me. I remember my parents sitting at a table and my dad yelling at my mom, do you understand what this is? Do you know you have to pay the bill? Do you? And my mom's looking at my dad like, huh? <laughs> That's how my math teacher talked to me about algebra. What? And I remember looking at myself thinking, mom, I love you, but I don't ever want to be that person where a man is yelling at me for not knowing how to budget. So Alex, your question was, how did I start? Yeah. My first job was in banking, and I'm so thankful that that's just the way the cookie crumbled, but not, I mean, how many people start in a bank? Um, and I, what I did was watch how much money flowed. When you're so used to working with $10, you'll be scared at 17 years old to see $10,000, a couple extra zeros. So I started by wanting to get my first check, working at that bank and setting up that direct deposit. And so I worked at a little bank in Virginia Beach, Virginia, which is where I'm from. And I watched big money. I saw that the money that I was making wasn't the money that I saw. That, that, uh, that was, the money I was making was not the money that I, that I was working with. That was, we were on two different pay scales. I saw $15,000, I saw $20,000, I saw half a million checks. And then I'm looking at my little check thinking, I'm making big money, I'm doing big things. When there was people who are living off the interest at the time. So that's where I started. I had a checking account, I had a debit card, I had online banking, and I was just able to maximize and learn what banking really was. Now, at the time it was not a student account, it was just a basic checking account, but from there I learned about savings, I learned about money market interest rates, I learned about what pays you and why, I learned about how to maintain or avoid fees. I took that upon myself, but that's because I wanted to do more and teach more of the community. I've kind of always had this dream of just reaching and teaching other people. So I learned by being in the field. It was not something that was taught to me. How did you learn? Me? Oh, no, this isn't about me. I don't want to start talking. No. <laughs> How did you learn? Oh, God. Um, I learned from my stepfather. So he was very, I mean, when he came up, unfortunately, his father passed when he was very young. So he had to take on the responsibility. He had to go out, get a job, 12, 13 years old. Like you're saying, generational curses. When I was 12, 13 years old, he's like, go out, get a fucking job. Yeah, why not? So I started in... The restaurant business and he actually was kind enough to take me into a bank get me set up with a checking account with a savings account and oh wow um yeah um the one thing that he never touched was a credit card yeah and that's something we're going to talk about later because okay. that's something that's very important but he got me started with my first bank account and then when i went out immediately after that i got my first job and I started getting direct deposits. So really my entire banking experience has been centered online. I've Good. opened up my credit cards online, I've opened up new bank accounts online. My entire experience with banking has been, it's something that you need to have in order to be a member of society. True. And that's what shaped me. Yeah, but that's true. But see, you know, I'm gonna piggyback off that. 
if you what you guys really don't know working in the banking industry it's very important that you know that when you walk in the bank it's our job to tell you what you need would be more savvy my goal our goal our goal is to show you what you need before you walk in otherwise we will sell you that credit cards even though we know you're not ready for it that's because we got goals wait we still have a job that's something that be, and that's that's i think the biggest issue is and that, that is across the board no matter where you go every bank has goals in order to make profit mm -hmm. and so would be more savvy you have to understand that what you need is what we're telling you before you walk in that door yep and now what we kind of wanted to talk about, so you and I actually both talked on, so wh how we got started, it came from our parents. Well, mine came from looking at my parents and yeah. what, what I didn't want to look like. Yeah. So, but I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of us can walk around and listen as we speak and think about some of the scenarios you've seen in your own home to where you're like, I don't want to be like that. Mm -hmm. But and that boils down to my next point. Your parents, they are your best friends. They are the ones that you can go to if you need help in some cases, but they are also your worst enemy. Your parents are the ones that are going to give you a gauge for how you're doing. Correct. And with that being said, they're also going to be the ones basically setting the bar. And if there's no bar to be set, financial institutions will set the bar for you and that's how they make profit and that's how you end yourself in a hole so that's getting to the next point and can you ask your parents to help you and should you ask your parents to help you what are your options if you are 17 if you're listening to this if you're 13 and you're wondering how you're going to get set up because back in my day for some reason i was able to open a bank oh god did my stepdad sign on that Oh, he probably did. No, I did have my dad talk to me about a credit card when I was going off to college, so that was a positive, but um, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> yeah, we will. Yeah, All right, but for everybody out there, you do have options. You don't have to rely on your parents. If you're listening, to, if you want to go out and you want to get a hold of your financial future, if you want to take control of what's going to happen to you in the next decade, look into teen checking accounts. Bank of America's have one. Uh, Wells Fargo, uh, PNC, yeah. SunTrust. Did you hear that PNC and BBT are merging? I did not hear that, but that's actually PNC super interesting. PNC and BBT, BBT are merging, and why is that a big deal to you? Because you want to do your research. You want to know what bank, what bank deserves your money. Yeah. And that's a really tough choice because you need to go in, but that's why, do your research for the love of God, do your research. And if you need help doing your research, reach out to us at our email at bemoresavvyconsulting at gmail.com. Please, you're not alone. Do your research on why it's important for you to know why BB&T and SunTrust are merging, or what happened to where one of them was not able to be successful and the other one had to eat them up. Or, was, or were both of them successful. Or both. And, but that's... There are very specific things you should look for in an account, and it's it's not only the size of the bank, it's not only how convenient it it's is. It's their it's assets, not, how they treat you. But it's it's not only that too. It's yeah, it's well, it's how they treat you. It's what's the minimum balance for, required for the account? How much are they going to charge you in fees if you don't live up to their expectations? Do they Do, have student accounts? Exactly. Do they have mobile capabilities mm -hmm. nowadays? Like you and I said, like everything's done on the phone pnc had a virtual wallet app the very first day that i opened my account mm -hmm. do you have those online capabilities mm -hmm. can you track and manage your finances how in a responsible can we, way how can we maximize your everyday banking oh god and for the love of god make sure that they can take direct deposit because that becomes so important when it comes to cashing your checks and not walking around with a pocket full of cash that which really goes, you're liable for which goes back to um, alex's first point was again if you walk around with that cash and you lose it, the wind blows and it flies away. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. So right. make sure you set up that direct deposit. Yep. All right. So, you know what the next steps are? Drum roll, please. What is it? Math. Oh, no. 
<laughs> no. Oh God, hands, it sucks. My hands got sweaty. If the man wanted you to succeed, though, they would have. You would have been taught this financial shit in school. But buckle up, because we're gonna do it for you. Yep. First things first, know what life costs. Miss Candace Elliott says it the best. There is literally nothing I would do for $7.25 an hour. I have to hit pause on that. I cannot believe that quote. Candace Elliott says, there is literally nothing I would do for $7.25 an hour. How many of us had our first $7.25 an hour job? I know I did. And when I was working there, I was making tartar sauce with relish and mayonnaise at a seafood restaurant. I was waitressing, I was cashiering, I was cleaning the bathrooms in a fast food restaurant. I was doing so much for $7.25 an hour. And Candace Elliott, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 32 now, I'm looking back and I'm saying, that was labor for $7.25. Making tartar sauce, having it splash in your face, all right, so kind of tell me, what was your first job? What did you do for $7.25? Because I worked at Captain D's Seafood. Well, I have never made $7.25 an hour in my life. You're I so was so lucky. What? No, hell no. My first job, I was a busboy. I was making $0 an hour. Oh, never mind. Yeah, no, it was, <laughs> it was, it was completely based off tips, but I thought that it was the shit. Yeah? I would walk into this like fancy restaurant. I had to put on my bow tie, my nice shirt. It was like one of those weird upscale places, but they paid me zero dollars an hour and i thought that that was great because i would walk out i would have some cash in my hand that the servers would give me some days it was good some days it was bad and most i was walking out with like 30 or 40 bucks a day and that's at the end of a shift so you feel like you're like mega million i thought that i was a mega millionaire i thought that seven eight hours of my life was worth 40 dollars mm. oh my gosh but that's that's what we're told to do but when you say it like that 725 an hour five dollar footlongs with tax are like what six bucks that's true yeah hey, you would better you not give an hour of your life for a subway even, sandwich but you can't even get chips or a drink yeah you can't get chips or a drink you're gonna die parched on the streets and then that goes back to that initial point that we still have to make 183 dollars an hour compared to seven and seven dollars and 25 cents so who's really wealthy yeah but that that's a biased point now candace Elliott, i love her i love her work her articles have been amazing again please go check her out e-l-l-i-o-t-t However, she already has a career and she's probably got a lot more of this stuff figured out than you and I do since, you know, we're making a podcast off of her article. Right. But it is an extremely valid point. You need to value your own time. Shit's expensive and we got to come to terms with that. So basics, plan out exactly what you need, know what life costs, and then figure out how much is left for what you want. Right. Now rent. Oh. What do you know about rent? What was your first experience with finding a house? Talk to me. All right, rent number one. Make sure your credit is where it needs to be because they're going to check that before they say yay or nay. Pause. I didn't even know the credit was a part of rent when I was first applying for apartments. I, huge thing. Please, for the love of God, build your credit. Build your credit. That's number one because that determines if you're going to make a security deposit or not. That determines if you're going to be able to walk in and get what you want. Or that most importantly determines if you're going to be able to even rent in general. Mm -hmm. They may just say no because your credit is not, not where it needs to be. And then you asked me another question. What did I learn? That I'm paying someone else's mortgage. Yeah. I'm paying someone else's mortgage. 
So that makes you want to kind of think, do you, some people like rent because they're able to have that flexibility to move wherever they want once the lease is up, go where they want, how they want, just do one year here or there, or go month to month. But overall, what you're doing when you're renting, you are paying that person's mortgage for that building that you, you're living in. And so their dinner bills, because they definitely Make that. profit. They yeah, do. They make profit. They do. All right. But brass tax is rent, according to most surveys, and those people are a lot smarter than both of us, well, me at the very least. Rent should at least be 30% of your income. So take what you take home every single day, every single week, every two weeks, divide that by three. That's your rent. That's how much you'd be paying. Now, what could you afford? Um, I'm not making 180 some dollars an hour, so I could probably afford a very nice cardboard box. In fact, I do have a studio apartment. Mm -hmm. It's not ideal, but that is still more than 30% of my income yeah, because finding I, I, affordable housing at the levels that people decide we're worth correct. is very difficult. Correct. We are going to talk about that later okay. in an episode that we've decided to title, How to Look for Affordable Housing, colon, Living with Strangers. Sounds good to me. Now, from your rent, you got to back it out. How much does it cost to get to work? What's yep. your transportation budget? How much do groceries cost? Not food. So not eating out at restaurants, we're gonna talk about that later, but also insurance and how much you're saving towards retirement. Some jobs they don't offer 401k. Yep. We're gonna talk about how to start that as well, and we're mm -hmm. especially gonna start talking about if your job does offer 401k and you're not yet participating. Correct. There's a quote, and I forgot to say who said it, but wealth is measured in time, not dollars. Correct, and I live by that quote. Yep, and you gotta make your money. money. Yep, and you gotta make your money work for you. Time you gotta is money. give yourself time. You have to. Now, how do you do that? Save half of your play money. And you know what? Your play money, um, that doesn't mean shopping on Fashion Nova. That doesn't mean going out to restaurants all the time, three times a week. That means learning how to pay yourself first. And one of the articles or one of our posts would be more savvy on Instagram. Making sure you understand that when you get... All right, so we're almost done. So um, back to what we were discussing in regards of... <laughs> Um, rent. Was it rent we were talking about? It was rent and it, it, it was mostly about your play money. So play your money. play money, after you back everything out, how much you've got left of the month is what we consider play money and I encourage you to save half of that. Now why so do I say that? So what's half? Like if I have 50, $50, I should save 25 Exactly. So you should save 25 So you still have 25 to play with because we're not dead. Now. We're young. Do you save the 25 and put it in a savings account to gain interest? That's what we're talking about. And that's what I want everyone to do out here. So take what you've got left of the budget. So pull out your rent, pull out your transportation, sit down and make yourselves an actual black and white budget. Take half of the money that you currently use for your free time, your expenditures, multiply that by 1.10 okay. every single year for 30 years. So multiply it by 30, or do that 30 times. Okay. Reason why I'm saying that is that on average, if invested, the stock market will earn 10% a year. Okay, that's great. And that's huge. Now, if you start when you're young and you actually start saving that, calculate exactly what that's gonna look like. If you're 16 and you're saving $50 a month and that becomes, what, $600 a year? Yeah. Multiply that by 1.10, so you're saving $660 a year. The next year, you save another 660, you're up to- 1,200, almost 1,500. 1310 I believe. Yeah. yeah, but you keep doing that and every single year you multiply it by 1.1. You show what it would look like if you actually sat down and invested it. 30, 40 years out, that's gonna be part of your retirement fund. Now here's the catch, how do you invest? <laughs> 
that's very tricky and we're going to be talking about that in a later yeah. episode but these are the building blocks that you need in order to build wealth like sounds this is good. this is what you've done this is what i've done this we're both at good. different points but this is the whole point of be more savvy and this is why we're sitting here recording this in the middle of this very nice penthouse apartment that neither one of us could actually afford in yeah life. definitely i just i'm paying someone else's mortgage by living here but i'm thankful that god has given me the ability to do so but more let's go let's loop this back around stealing from your children mm-hmm if you allow your parents to not if some there's two types of parents out there none in between mm-hmm. either they're going to help you build for success or they're not uh-huh and you have to take that seriously as a teenager you need to start holding your parents accountable if they're not going to then it's up to you to start taking the right measures to start saving for your future to start educating yourself about your finances to start reaching out to people people or programs that's going to help you get on the track that you want in order to build wealth and not become rich rich is poor rich is quick Rich is fast, and rich doesn't have a bucket that you can reach back into to gain once it's gone. Wealth will always be there for you and there to help build you so that you can always reach back and get and gain from your assets. So with that being said, make sure that your parents either A, they're going to help you 